Shout out to our radio affiliates. Late Night Anger Management class continues. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabe Oberanzi. Level three begins. We're going to focus in on the National Football League. We'll take a look at the college numbers as well as the Ohio State Buckeyes lay 29 and a half to Michigan. And you know what? It pains me to say this as a lifelong Michigan fan, but I don't see how the hell Michigan are going to cover that number. And I would lay the points with Ohio State. Uh, but we've got time to break that game down. We're going to take a look at the Washington football team, four and seven. Uh, now, suddenly, uh, the Washington uh, football team not in first place as the New York Giants have taken control of the NFC Least Division with a shocking win over the Seattle Seahawks. Although, I guess, is it all that shocking? It is shocking in the fact that the Giants, the Giants that did it. But, you know, I guess we shouldn't be shocked because Seattle really haven't played well in about a month or a month and a half or so. They've had problems. But you got to give credit to this New York Giant football team, man. Like, seriously, they lose Saquon Barkley. They lose Daniel Jones. Um, they lose their first-round pick from the other, you know, from last year, DeAndre Baker, because he robbed somebody in Miami. They've had a ton of injuries. And here they are right now. And dare I say, five and seven is kind of a respectable record. You know what I mean? It's like we laugh at the division, but it's interesting. If you look at the New York Giants, you know, they're five and seven. It's not bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, all, all things considering, you know, look, they're two and three at home and they're three and four on the road. It's like, all right, you know, start winning a few home games here and you, you'll have something going on. And what's insane about this is the New York Giants are actually going to host a playoff game if, that is, if they win this division. We'll take a look at their schedule. We'll get into the uh, the division futures uh, right now. And I'll tell you what, the, the Miami Dolphins are lingering uh, in the AFC East right now. It's a big game for the Buffalo Bills. They don't win. Suddenly, they're tied with the Dolphins. They do have the tiebreaker. But the Bills' schedule is not easy moving forward. The Bills' schedule is not easy moving forward. Um, that's the uh, the bad news. The good news is if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, they're going to be on TV all the time now because they're playing in big games. So uh, the Buffalo Bills are going to be on TV, of course, tomorrow night against the San Francisco 49ers. Then they're going to be on TV next Sunday night, the Sunday night football game, Buffalo and Pittsburgh. In Buffalo. In Buffalo. Then they go to Denver. That game's on TV. Then they get the Patriots. That game's on TV. Late night anger management class continues. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Oh, yeah, it's all set. They got the bug boy out. The bug boy? Yeah. The little fella's been riding his heart out. They're going to break his maiden. Really? Yeah, but it's a little slow out there. It rained last night. Oh, this baby loves the slop. Loves it. Eats it up. Eats the slop. Born the slop. His father was a mutter. His father was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. His mother was a mutter. Late night anger management class continues. Level three, I am Renzi. Throwing it down, sports rage. Bloody Sunday. So we've got two Monday nighters on tap here. Washington and Pittsburgh will get it started at five o'clock Eastern time. Of course, 
The Pittsburgh Steelers are now 11 and 0, 8 and 3 against the spread. Um, they're four, five, and two as far as totals are concerned. Um, so you know there's been some live movement in this uh, football game. If you look at the numbers, if you look what Pittsburgh does, and you look what Washington does, Washington numbers might surprise you a little bit uh, here. So Washington defensively are a good football team. This is what's been you know keeping Washington in their division chase, even though it's a bad division. This is what's been keeping them lingering is the fact that uh, they have the seventh-ranked scoring defense in the National Football League. Uh, they give up only 22.1 points per game. It's not, yeah, it's pretty good, right? You know, most teams win. You know, if you're going to hold the other team to 22 points, that's pretty good. Their, their problem is their offense. They score 21.9 points per game. So, you know, they give up three touchdowns. They score three touchdowns. Um, they're not a very good road team, though. They're one and four straight up on the road, two and three against the spread, three and two to the over on the highway. You, you look at Pittsburgh, of course, 11 and 0 straight up, eight and three against the spread, six and 0 at home, four and two against the spread at home. Didn't cover against Baltimore. Uh, Pittsburgh scored 28.8 points per football game. They ranked six in the NFL. Pittsburgh's defense very impressive. They give up 17 points. So. If Washington scores 21 and Pittsburgh gives up 17, I would assume that Washington's probably going to get about 17. Right? I think you know they'll score around their average. I think they'll score around their average. Then you get into what what is Pittsburgh going to put up? Look, if they play the average here, which I think is kind of, I think is very doable. 28-17 final score. Pittsburgh wins 28-17. I know that these games have always been strange, um, like the play, the, you know, the makeup games, the games that have been played at weird times and stuff like that. They don't play the normal, like they're not usual games, all right. And Pittsburgh played on on Wednesday. Now I find it interesting. I find it interesting though that um, that Mike Tomlin was as mad as he was, that he was as upset as he was after the game against the Baltimore Ravens. You know, he called them a JV team. He said it was unacceptable. It was a terrible performance. Like, he was really upset. Like, he didn't, you know, he wasn't impressed. And, you know, I listen, that's very un-Tomlin-like. People think Tomlin's not, you know, hard enough on them. And yet he's too nice, uh, Tomlin. But it showed that, you know, he's sending them a message. You know, you're undefeated. Let's not get soft right now. And let's not get sloppy uh, right now. So I would expect Pittsburgh to actually be more focused and in tune after that sloppy performance. It's interesting that Washington, man, hard to believe, Washington have not played since Thanksgiving. That Dallas game, it's pretty crazy, huh? Because it got pushed back. So these guys have been off for a little while here. These guys have been off for a while. Alex Smith, Alex Smith is captain, um, captain checkdown. He's captain checkdown. He dinks, he dunks. Uh, you know, they're, they're averaging 6.9 yards per pass play. But, you know, he, you have to give this guy credit that he's come back and he's playing basically, you know, after the, the, the vicious injury and all the surgeries that he's had. It really is an amazing story. I was going to say the thing with Alex Smith is you would think that, all right, he won't turn the ball over, but he does turn the ball over. He's got five interceptions. He's turning. He's got six, uh, three touchdown passes and five interceptions. You know, a couple of those picks came in one game at the end. He fell apart, but 
Alex Smith turning the ball over could be a problem against this Pittsburgh defense as well. Now we've we've been loving the um, we've been liking the McKissick props. All right, we've been liking the McKissick props, uh, the receptions. He likes to you know Alex Smith dumps the ball off all the time. Now what's the deal with McLaurin here? This is the thing this year in the NFL, the injuries. You know, the, between injuries and COVID, it's it's impossible to keep up, man. You got to hit refresh. You got to hit refresh like every 20 minutes. But, you know, McKissick, McKissick was money, man, with these props because Alex Smith does check down so much, but he hasn't uh, been throwing to him as much uh, as of late. As far as the total of this game, like I said, I sort of see it playing to like right around, uh, right around the number. So uh, McLaurin... McLaurin's status as of right now, listed as questionable. He fully practiced. I think, uh, so he's going to play. He's one of, these, one of these questionable, but he's going to play uh, type of deals. Or I would assume uh, that he's going to play. We'll take a look at some of these props before we're done, although I'm I, you know, I'm pissed off about the props. And, you know, listen, we played one punt prop today and we won. In the um, in the Cleveland game, that was a good one. Obviously, if, you know you got a 41-35 football game. I knew there wouldn't be a lot of punts in that game because um, because of the ground attacks. And I figured you know there'd be sustained drives, and that that was a nice win. I don't know about the Washington Pittsburgh game. There could be punts in this game, right? It wouldn't shock me if this is an ugly game. It's at a weird start time here, five o'clock on a Monday. The total is 43 and a half. Now, I, you know, I understand why the number is what it is. We talked about the team averages, essentially, right? So, I, you know, I could see this game playing to a 28-17, which would get to 45. Pittsburgh Steelers minus 6.5. I've already got the Steelers on the back end of a couple of parlays. You know, we got the Green Bay Packers out of the way. We've got, uh, you know, we basically took these favorites just because I knew I didn't want to lay the points with Kansas City tonight. And I didn't want to lay the points. I was, you know, I'm not, I don't mind laying six and a half with Pittsburgh, but I want to get it out of the way, just have it in a money line parlay. And I threw Buffalo in the parlay. So now I got the Bills at plus 187. I got the Bills to win the game at plus 187 or the Bills at plus one. And now I can, tomorrow, I could buy in with the Bills on teasers now that I already have the Bills on the money line at plus 187. It's good, like, it's, it's good to show patience sometimes with this stuff. And, you know, you just sort of get a parlay or two out of the way. It sucks at the time. It's boring. You're like, oh, well, yippee I'm taking Kansas City on the money line here. But, you know, look, I took Kansas City on the money line, USC on the money line, and uh, Pittsburgh on the money line. And it's like uh, minus 107. So now, boom, I got the Pittsburgh Steelers just to win this football game tomorrow. And now I got, uh, I got the Buffalo Bills on the back end to win a football game at plus 187. It's a good way to approach it. You got to be patient. As far as Tuesday's game is concerned, the Dallas Cowboys are getting eight and a half. And I didn't think Lamar Jackson was going to play in this game. It looked like it was going to be Trace McSorley, but Lamar Jackson is back. That's just Dallas's luck right now. And uh, Baltimore lay eight and a half over under 45. We talked about the Thursday night uh, game, the Los Angeles Rams. Big game for the Rams. Big game for the Patriots, too. Patriots are sort of lurking as you know, as far as the playoff picture is concerned. They haven't tapped out. You, know, you can see the Patriots are getting better as the season goes on right now. And I think it's really just due to health. Like, if you look at the Patriots and the Patriots season this year, they got hit by COVID hard, right? 
Never mind the Tom Brady stuff, but they got hit by COVID hard. Eight guys opted out. Then the season starts. They have injuries. They have COVID. Cam Newton gets it. They have to start Hoyer. Um, you know, like they they they've had a lot of injuries. They they really never got into a rhythm. The Patriots, but they're starting to right now. And this is a dangerous game for the Los Angeles Rams, and a game that the Rams would normally screw up in. Right? We talk about the Rams a lot on this show, and the Rams are a great road team. They're almost an automatic road bet, guys. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you know, they're 12 and four. They're now 13 and four against the spread. Their last 17 road games. I talk about it every road game. They're they're road warriors. They win on the road all the time, this team. But which means if they're winning on the road all the time, it means they don't win at home all the time. So they're laying six and a half against a hot Patriot team. The travel isn't an issue. The Patriots played in Los Angeles in the same stadium, and they're staying there this week, rightfully so. So they're staying there. Travel's not an issue. Tough spot, you know, it's an interesting spot for the Rams, especially when you consider how the Patriots shut their offense down in the Super Bowl matchup. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. Rage all you want. Some bad news for you. Uh, now, Marge, I'm waiting for the new XFL season. Who will win this year's million dollar game? Who? Who? Honey. The X is for extreme. There is no XFL this year. The league folded. Who told you? Last year's MVP. He sweeps up toenails at the beauty parlor. That's not fully true. He's a backup quarterback on the Carolina Panthers. It would have been the MVP, P.J. Walker, baby. Uh, late night anger management class continues. Level three, I am Marenzi. Taking a look. Let's do a line check right now in the uh, the National Football League. So Pittsburgh Steelers minus six and a half Monday afternoon, Monday evening, depending on where you are. It's a, a five o'clock Eastern start time. Uh, we have a Monday double header. So the Pittsburgh Steelers are minus six and a half. The total is 43 and a half. We just crunched some of the numbers uh, for this football game. The Buffalo Bills are plus one at um, at San Francisco in Arizona. So it's a road game for the Bills. It's a home game for the 49ers, but it's taking place on the home field of the Arizona Cardinals. San Francisco minus one, total 46 and a half. Between the Pittsburgh Steelers minus the points and the total in the Washington game, and between the Buffalo Bills plus one, and the total in the Buffalo-San Francisco game. I think the best bet is the over in the Buffalo-San Francisco game. It's 46 and a half. I'm saying, I think it should be a little higher. Like, if you look at Buffalo Bills games, they're, you know, the Bills don't play a lot of low-scoring games. They surprisingly did last week against the Chargers, and that was, like, sort of against their form. But they scored, they still put up 27 points. So, like, like I said, the Bills' offense is very consistent. You know, the, the Bills' offense is very consistent. The total at 46.5 feels a little light to me. The Bills are 6-5 and five to the over on the season, and San Francisco are 6-5 and five to the under 
on the season. But often, obviously, San Francisco about a ton of injuries, right? But if you look at Buffalo, you know, last week they put up 27 against the Chargers. The week before, they put up 30 against Arizona. They scored 44 against Seattle, 24 in bad weather against the Patriots, only 18 against the Jets. They struggled. That was the field goal game. So, you know, look, the last four games, 24, 44, 30, and 27. And, look, the Patriots have a good defense. That was a weird game. The Patriots ran the ball and dominated the time of possession. Uh, the Bills really didn't weren't playing well they, that little three-week stretch. So, you know, I, I think the Bills are going to get. I think the Bills will get into the mid-20s. They said, I think the Bills win this game 27-24, 28-24. You know what I mean? Like, it'll be close. Or if San Francisco wins, it'll be close with a late Robbie Gold field goal or something like that. I think a Bills teaser to the over, Bills plus eight, over 39 and a half is a strong play. I think that's a very good play. I would put that in now, but I don't know. Maybe people are going to keep on betting on San Francisco. We can get even more with the Buffalo Bills. I imagine the total will go up, though. I imagine the total will go up. The Dallas Cowboys get eight and a half. Baltimore, Lamar Jackson is back. Um, so Baltimore, eight and a half point favorites against Dallas. The total is 45. That's on Tuesday night. So, uh, hey, you know, good news, bad news. We lost a Thursday night game last week, but we're gaining a Tuesday night game this week in the NFL. So we've got two games Monday, one game Tuesday, 8.05 Eastern, Dallas and Baltimore. Uh, at Baltimore, Baltimore minus eight and a half. The total is 45. We talked about Thursday's game. The Rams lay six and a half to the Patriots over under 44 and a half. Arizona Cardinals, three-point road favorites at New York. Interesting. They don't have, FanDuel doesn't have a total listed right now for this game, but they do have Arizona listed as minus three. And I don't know. I, I, you know, I, I wouldn't be in a hurry to be laying three points with Arizona right now. Reality is starting to catch up. To, listen, Arizona were a good team, okay? And they're going to be a good team moving forward. But... People fast-tracked them a little bit this year. And it's interesting because last year, I bet on Arizona almost every week. They were a covering machine, all right? They were losing games close, but they were covering. And you could tell they were growing and there was a good thing going on. And as I stated last week, like everybody, everybody was anti-Arizona and Kingsbury and Kyler Murray when this thing was created. And then just a year later, everybody was talking about how they were going to go to the playoffs and maybe they could win a division. And then they started winning some games, and then people really started to buy into it. But I told people, slow down. You know, next year, Arizona will take a step again. They've taken a step this year. Dude, they only won five games last year, right? It's a big jump. Like, people didn't really realize that. They were 5-10-1. and one. So it's a big step, like a big jump for them just to, you know, take over the division. It's a learning process. We talked about it earlier. Teams learning how to win football games. And Arizona's still learning how to win games. Kyler Murray is, et cetera. Um, and, you know, one thing is, too, the Rams just own them. All right? Sean McVay owns them. He owns uh, his own Kingsbury. He's now 4-0 against Kingsbury. It's like going back to against Arians. It's like seven straight games they've won against the Arizona the Rams have. So Arizona now go east against a New York Giant team that, you know, Giants are playing with house money. All right? The Giants are playing with house money. Nobody expected the Giants to be good. They're five and seven right now. They're in first place. You know, Joe Judge has them believing. <laughs> so, you know, Giants could be interesting here at plus three. 
uh, Dallas Cowboys, it's rare the uh, point spreads up for the same team in two games. Uh, Dallas Cowboys play at Baltimore, and then they're at Cincinnati. So at least they don't, you know, they'll probably stay in the Midwest here too, I would assume. The Dallas Cowboys are actually favorites. Wow. Wow. Oh, it's Andy Dalton returning to Cincinnati too, huh? Not as if he doesn't get killed uh, on Tuesday uh, against Baltimore. So Dallas are minus three and a half at Cincinnati. It's just you know crazy to see Dallas a favorite right now. Um, uh, Green Bay, minus seven and a half at Detroit. And Detroit showed life today without Matt Patricia. Good for them, bad for me. Good for them, no nice win uh, with Bevel. And, you know, they didn't. They weren't even healthy. They were missing everybody. Like, they were missing a lot of players today, Detroit, and they won the football game. Detroit have given Green Bay problems over the years, too, uh, especially in Detroit. You know, if you recall, Aaron, it's taken Aaron Rodgers hit that Hail Mary to beat them. Aaron, you know what I mean? The Detroit, it's a division game. It's one of those deals where, you know, Detroit's not going to roll over for Green Bay. That's just a tricky spot at seven and a half. I would lean with Detroit plus the points here. And I assume Galladay would probably be back. The total is 54 and a half. This is the next game where it's a hard pass for me. I've learned my lesson, Lord Gambler. I'm done. The Houston Texans are minus one and a half at the Chicago Bears. <laughs> if I had to take a team here, I would take the Texans. Texans should have won today, but they had a bad snap on the six-yard line or so um, at the end of the game. So the Texans are minus one and a half against the Bears. We all know my track record with the Bears. Pass, stay away from me. Totals 45 and a half. We're talking about the Minnesota Vikings. The Vikings have played themselves into the playoffs right now. If the playoffs started today, they're in. We'll get you the NFC playoff picture. Uh, Vikings are plus six and a half at Tampa Bay. Total 52 and a half. So good news, bad news for Minnesota. Yeah, you played yourself into the playoffs, but you played a lot of bad teams. And now you've got to play tougher teams. So we'll see if you're for real or not. Minnesota plus six and a half, 52 and a half is the total. The Tennessee Titans got throttled today in the first half, made a game of it in the second, but ran out of real estate. They lay seven and a half at Jacksonville. Totals 54. And I don't know, man. If you notice, guys, Jacksonville, they've been pretty competitive. They don't win, but they're in every game. Like, they have been very competitive over the last uh, three, four weeks here, Jacksonville. And they do it with different quarterbacks all the time, which is shows me that, you know, that the the play calling and the offensive scheme isn't, um, you know, isn't that bad. You know, like Minshew didn't look all that bad when he was there, except he can't throw the ball down the field, right? Um, and then, you know, Jake Luton came in and Luton looked pretty good. And then they go, they go to Mike Glennon. Mike Glennon's terrible. All right. Mike Glennon is terrible. And um, and he's looked good. Like if you look at if you look at Jacksonville here, so 20, they lose today 27-24. They cover the number. They lost the week before last week. They lost 27-25 to Cleveland. They covered the number. Uh, the week before that, their game before that, they got smoked by Pittsburgh. All right, 27-3. Pittsburgh's the best team in the league. What are you going to do? The game before that, though, they were getting 13 and a half uh, against Green Bay. They lost by four. The game before that, they were getting seven against Houston. They lost by two. You see where I'm going with this? Like, they've been competitive, like the Jags. Like, they've been competitive in their four of the last five games. These guys have been competitive. Even with the, you know, the bad with the, the the change in quarterbacks and you know Mike Glennon's of the world and Jake Luton's of the world, 
You got to get you got to give them credit. Indianapolis Colts. They lay three in Las Vegas against the Raiders. Both teams got lucky today. No total posted right now. Indianapolis are a weird team that, you know, they don't look great. They're about to lose these games, and somehow they find a way to win. You got to give them credit. That's what winnings teams do. Indianapolis have played a soft schedule, but, you know, they've stepped up when they've had to, and they've won the games that they've had to. That was a big win for them today. Interesting game against uh, the Raiders. Tough, a tough game to handicap. Uh, Colts minus three on the road in Vegas. Seattle are laying 13 and a half to the Jets. And, of course, we talked about, um, you know, you look at Seattle, they lose to the New York Giants today, so you know they're going to be more focused. Plus, you know, the Jets have been scrappy, but the Giants are just better, right? I, you know, I'd be shocked if the Seattle Seahawks lost this game outright, but I'm not in a hurry to lay 13 and a half points with this football team right now. They're minus 770 on the money line. The Jets are plus 540. The total is 47 and a half. The Atlanta Falcons lay two and a half points against the Chargers. Think about that. The Chargers were minus two-point favorites today against the Patriots. And now the Falcons are two and a half point favorites against the Chargers. That's some weird, like, line movement uh, stuff right there, swing. Sports Rage Late Night continues. Line check does as well. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage it up. Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Do you have a gambling problem? No, I enjoy it. It's a hobby. Late night anger management class continues. Level three. And uh, props to Mateus. Uh, Mateus, I know you lit it up uh, with the UFC. Probably a good thing. I saved myself. I didn't get in on uh, on the card betting it. Uh, but you talked, um, you know, we talked about OSP's uh, fight as an underdog. A lot of people liked uh, Hill. The hype uh, turned out to be real. And uh, Vittori steps up and in and gets it done. So uh, props, I know you made some money on Saturday night. Yeah, it was a good night for the UFC for me, man. Went 6-2. and two. I nailed my four-fight, can't-lose parlay. Doesn't hit every single weekend, but the fights were generous to me this uh, this past weekend. Marvin Vittori destroyed Jack Hermanson, though, and that was an incredible fight yep. for the Italian. Really throws himself in the mix for, the, for an upcoming title contender-type picture. You know, he's going to get a big-time fight, and next thing you know, he might be getting a rematch against Israel Adesanya for the middleweight championship belt of the world. I know he wants that. Yeah, yeah, you know what? Um, tough kid, good for him, 28 years old, Italian, and a big win against Hermanson. And Jack's a tough dude. And as you said, he ragdolled him, dismantled him uh, like that. Um, so how'd you do in the NFL today? You did well. The, uh, the, Uf the, the UFC's easier than the NFL, though, isn't it? <laughs> it's much easier. You know what? When you're up, you start feeling good about yourself, like, you know, taking the Jets' money line after the first touchdown in the first quarter, thinking, you got this. But you know what? I also took the Falcons, and they both screwed me. So forget my Sunday. It wasn't a great day in the Burbell household for the NFL. <laughs> uh, where's Yang? Did Yang win his parlay today? Uh, who's the one team that screwed Yang today? I think Yang I stayed know. away from the parlay. Uh, who did you dirty, Yang? Who got you? 
I mean, he wind up uh, just letting me know, like, uh, you took the Titans, and I'm like, damn, they wasn't supposed to be there. I'll tell you, man, it's that little devil that jumps on my shoulder and just messing with my parlay up. There's always going to be one, bro. Listen, I have my, for me, my parlay killer today was Seattle. Uh, Seattle loser to the New York Giants. I thought that every team in a division would lose. And um, yeah, I'm not shocked the Giants, that the Giants uh, covered, but I didn't think they would go in there and win. I thought, you know, Seattle were just bad. The Giants, you got to give the Giants defense credit. But yeah, it's always one, Yang. You'll hit one before the year's done, and uh, it'll make it all worth it. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> It'll make it it'll make it all worth it. So speaking of Seattle, Seattle are minus 13 and a half uh, against the New York Jets. And what a crazy end to the Jet game. Like, holy crap. But like honestly, like I'm dead serious. If you're the Jets, you don't want to win. Like if if I'm a Jet fan, that could not have gone any better. Except, you know, the only thing is you don't want your players just being heartbroken all the time. But because you could tell that was devastating. Like anybody that thinks that the Jets tried to lose. Like, you know, you didn't see their sideline after that happened. But, you know, like I said, the Jet players just want to go out once, right? They want to get drunk once and, and party and, like, have a good time after a game. Like, the record doesn't matter. If a football team wins, they're going to be in a good mood after, right? And, you know, they were so close. And props to the Raiders for not quitting. Ruggs had a, had a rough game, but, you know, he had fumbled the passes. He dropped the ball. He fumbled. Uh, but he stepped up large, biggest uh, biggest touchdown of the kid's career, big win. And uh, so now you got Seattle, but if you're the Jets, now, oh yeah, now that you're the Jets, you get Jamal Adams. Jamal Adams hates you. He's going to probably murder Sam Darnold. So uh, Jamal Adams hates the Jets. So it's a bad spot for the Jets. Now, I'm not saying I would lay 13 and a half points. We've talked about this in the past. Like I mentioned it the other night with the Jets. And, you know, the Jets liking the Jets. And people are like, oh, you're crazy. You're going to take the Jets plus the points. But if you take winless teams, winless teams from, like, week seven or week eight out in the NFL, specifically at the later we go on, it's very profitable because nobody wants to bet on them, right? Nobody wants to bet on them. So the odds makers have to make the spread, like, high. Otherwise, everyone's going to take the other team, and they're trying to get some jet action going, right? So they got to make these big numbers. And then, you know, they can cover the number. So, you know, that's why I'm saying, I, you know, the, I'm not sure Seattle just blow them out, but I don't think Seattle loses. It's 13 and a half. The total's 47 and a half. Uh, Falcons and Chargers, we talked about it going into the break. It's pretty crazy that the Chargers were two-point favorites over the Patriots today. You talk about a bad number. Like, you know, the odds makers aren't going to be off much, but they were, like, look at that. Like, the odds makers were off by 47 points, the point spread. The team lost. The team that was favored by two lost 45. Now, like, that's a 47-point differential for, for the point spread. And they, they don't get it wrong like that very often. A co complete collapse for the Chargers. This is a complete pass for me, this football game. Two underachieving teams over the years. God knows. I mean, you know, the Chargers are going through what the Falcons just went through. Um, Anthony Lynn, you know, we talked with Jeff Feinberg last week about this. And, you know, to me, it wasn't a slam dunk that you fire Anthony Lynn, but it was. Like, you knew you had to, but you really didn't want to, but you sort of knew you had to. And now, you know, with a 45 nothing loss, it makes your life easier. Just the way that the season has fallen apart like this. So, to me, this game's a hard pass, but I find it crazy that 
you know, the Chargers go from being a two-point favorite against the Patriots to two-and-a-half-point home uh, underdogs to the Atlanta Falcons. Totals 49-and-a-half in that game. Philadelphia Eagles are getting seven. New Orleans Saints lay seven at Philadelphia. There's no total for this game, and we don't know who the quarterback is going to be yet for the Philadelphia Eagles in this game. It's uncertain. Um, Doug Peterson would not commit to uh, to the starting quarterback situation. He said, I'm going to evaluate the tape and all that type of stuff. The problem is, I don't know, what the hell you guys are doing? I mean, like, really? Like, you never should have drafted Jalen Hurts. Your job isn't to really get Jalen Hurts in there. Your job is to fix Carson Wentz. Like, if, if I'm, the, you know, if I'm looking at this from the Eagle perspective, or I should say I'm looking at the Eagles, but from an outsider perspective, is that you, you, you have Carson Wentz under contract, all right? He's your quarterback. Not to mention, not to make excuses for him, and he hasn't been good. But, but the offensive line is terrible. The offensive line has had 92 million injuries. Uh, the wide receiving uh, core is, like, pedestrian. They're injured all the time. You know, like, there's there's a lot that goes into this. And, listen, he isn't good. He hasn't been playing good. But the thing is, it's the coaching staff's job to make him good, right? It's the coaching staff's job. Now you're asking, like, put it this way. Like, Doug Peterson can't fix Carson Wentz right now. So, what, he's supposed to make Jalen Hurts good, too? Right? Like, he's he's got enough time, hard time with one quarterback. And a quarterback that is your franchise, a quarterback that you gave a big contract to, and a quarterback that's still too young to throw under the bus fully here, right? So I totally get it that, oh, we want to get Jalen Hurts on the field. But at the same point in time, your job as an organization need, you know, it should be to be fixing Carson Wentz. That's the that's what you should be doing right now. Like that should be like priority one thousand and one percent is like every damn practice, every everything. All right, every everything should be around. All right, what about Carson? What do we do now? How do we help him with this? What about his footwork? What about this? What about that? That's what they should be doing. All right, now you're throwing another guy in here, and it just adds to the chaos. It confuses everybody on the team. Listen, their season is done anyways. But, you know, like, to me, going in the offseason, you want to get something positive for Carson Wentz going here since you paid him as much money as you have. But the Philadelphia Eagles are a strangely run organization. It's hard to believe that this general manager won a Super Bowl just a couple of years ago, actually. Because it's funny, because uh, a couple of years ago, man, he was bang on. Like, think of all the free agent signings. Like, every move that the Eagles made in that Super Bowl run was perfect. All right, so I guess he used up all of his magic. So the New Orleans Saints lay seven. Hey, listen, the Saints, you know, the Saints got a Denver Broncos quarterback uh, team last week. They get Atlanta today. The Saints haven't looked great with Taysom Hill offensively, but they're doing enough to win the games. And the Saints defense is really good. Saints laying seven at Philadelphia. The Washington football team get uh, six and a half against Pittsburgh, but. It's already on the board for next week. They get uh, five and a half at San Francisco, actually in Arizona again. Because San Francisco will be spending uh, some time in Arizona over the next couple of weeks. San Francisco minus five and a half against uh, the uh, Washington football team. 
Now, you know, we talk about the less than glamorous card in the NFL every week. Like, you know, what games are great here? Then you're like, oh, wow, I can't wait to see this game. The Patriots and Rams to me is cool. Pats and Rams is a good one. And I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, I'm scrolling, and there's nothing. Out of all these games we just went through, like how many years like, oh, yeah, I really want to watch that. You know, it's like I said, the Patriots and the Rams. And then honestly, the best game of the, of the week, I think, is the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Buffalo Bills, Sunday Night Football, at Buffalo. At Buffalo. Could be a dangerous spot for the Pittsburgh Steelers here. Pittsburgh Steelers are two-and-a-half-point favorites. That's the opening number right now. Pittsburgh Steelers, minus two-and-a-half. And, a half. and uh, next Monday night, we have an interesting game as well. Baltimore and Cleveland. And the Baltimore Ravens are one-and-a-half-point road favorites at a red-hot uh, Cleveland football team that's 9-3 uh, and three right now. We talked about uh, the AFC playoff picture, and I gave you if the playoffs started today. Let's uh, take a look at the, uh, the NFC playoff picture if the playoffs started today. And uh, we have all these AFC teams uh, playing, with the exception of Washington here, right? So Washington are in the mix right now. And Washington um, Washington are in the mix. And Washington and the Giants split their, their season series. But Washington are going to lose to Pittsburgh. So the New Orleans Saints are, are the uh, are the top uh, the New Orleans Saints are the top seed. The Minnesota Vikings are now in the playoffs as a seven seed and would play the Green Bay Packers. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the sixth seed, and as it is now, it would be Tampa Bay at the Rams. That's a good uh, playoff game. Tampa Bay at the Rams and Seattle. It would be a rematch of today. Seattle would play the New York Giants. That's pretty crazy because the Giants would actually have confidence now. <laughs> that would be like, you know what? We just beat these guys. I don't know how the hell the Giants beat these guys. Like, honestly, if you think about it, like, how the hell did the Giants beat the Seattle Seahawks? So that's the uh, that's the NFC playoff picture. Saints with the bye. Vikings at Packers. Wild card weekend. Vikings at Packers. Buccaneers at Rams. Seahawks at Giants. And the AFC would be the Colts at the Chiefs, the Dolphins at the Bills, and the Browns and the Titans. So like I said, the NFL regular season has been very, been very anticlimactic. But um, yeah, these playoff games, you know, they'll be fun. Um, and, you know, as we move forward, there's some good teams in the NFL, right? You know, look, Pittsburgh are great. Kansas City are really good. Buffalo are really good. Um, well, I mean, no, I'm not going to, well, I'm saying, but KC are better than really good, obviously. You know where I'm going with that. You've got KC are great. Pittsburgh are nearly great. Buffalo are really good. Cleveland are really good. Indianapolis are really good. Miami are pretty good. And the Tennessee Titans are pretty good, right? So, you know, you've, you've got these teams in here. You know, and I think any one of these teams can really beat any one of them on any given Sunday. Except, I, you know, I think the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are on a collision course uh, with, with another Super Bowl. Three-minute warning, level three. Late-night anger management class. Sports. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. You're listening to Sports Rage with Gabe Morenci. The three-minute warning, level three. Quickest 180 minutes in sports. Ultra-fast show once again this evening, as always. Taking a look uh, here at uh, just putting together like a, a mad scientist, putting together a parlay. Now, listen, somebody just called in, uh, but our back's against the wall here, but they called in about the Baltimore-Dallas game. And, you know, it's eight and a half points right now. I, you know, we're, we're seeing these teams. It's Underdogs are covering a lot. You know, it's tough to just automatically trust the better team uh, we've seen in the National Football League over the last uh, couple of weeks. Now, it doesn't mean I don't think Baltimore's going to win a football game, and it doesn't mean I trust Dallas here uh, either, but I think you have an interesting situation if you have patience. If you have patience and, you know, you know look, if you take, if you take the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens, on the money line, it's minus 150. A money line uh, parlay is minus 150. Except you don't want to do that because you could tease it at minus 130, right? So you can do a seven-point teaser instead of minus 130. But if you want to throw this in here, if you want to throw Buffalo in or San Francisco, because Buffalo and San Francisco essentially pay the same thing, uh, suddenly you're talking about a plus 227. Uh, plus 227 uh, money line parlay. Not too bad. Pittsburgh Steelers, Baltimore Ravens, Buffalo Bills, plus 227. So as far as tomorrow is concerned, you know, listen, Buffalo and San Francisco is going to be a fun game. I think it's going to go over the number. I think it's going to be pretty close. I don't think either team's going to blow either team out uh, with Buffalo and San Francisco. So I think a teaser is a great play with Buffalo up to plus eight. I really do. And you get, listen, I don't think Pittsburgh's going to blow their perfect season here against Washington, are they? Crazier things have happened. Man, the fact that it's only six and a half feels like that trap, doesn't it? But, um, you know, Pittsburgh, a, a seven-point teaser. So Pittsburgh to win the game, Buffalo plus eight. I like that. We're going to be breaking it down in-game. Me and a raging redhead, Cam Stewart, will be coming on probably about, you know, midway through the second quarter going into the half of this game tomorrow and then into the Buffalo game. So game time decisions, in-game live's going to rock. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. Later.